0: Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I am sitting to the left of the footloose and fancy-free, Glenn Stansberry. Whoa. I am footloose and fancy-free this week, Brian. That's right.
1: The the wife and daughters are out of town, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm all by my lonesome. Well, save for our my my the family dog right Maisie who has decided to join
0: us for the uh That's right special uh special appearance here special guest star Maisie yeah on the podcast um she's she might be a little bit too shy to say anything but um well you'll still hear her. she's <clears throat> she's flatulent
1: she she farts like a howitzer the dog has got some issues <laughs> intestinally um but Nevertheless, she's here. But she's—that's not her fault. She's just oh, sure. Blame the guy who buys the
0: dog food. She's just laying it all out there. And, okay. and the best part is, she has the most pitiful like face ever. Mm-hmm. Well, you can uh, you can like, on podcastgentleman dot com. There's a big photo of us with Maisie. <laughs> so that's pretty much how it is. Well, what we're trying to get across
1: though is that if we hear any if you if you hear, if any excess panting mm-hmm. or uh, barking licking, licking <laughs> yeah. you know, smelling knocking not, the microphone it's not just me getting
0: excited about the drink of the week no it's uh it's Maisie it's Maisie so. yeah she's alright um speaking of getting excited Glenn mm. we're uh <laughs> speaking of flatulence yeah. speaking of flatulence we are uh we are co-founders of a site called com. yes we are uh it's a great little site it's, it's wonderful. A, uh, it should be a mandatory site that everybody that joins the internet has to... It should be like America Online. It, yes. Every time you visit gentlemen.com, we should have a pop-up that says, Make this your homepage.
1: Yeah. We'll mail you a DVD.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll mail um, you a CD-ROM. No, we, a CD... We really should get on that. Direct mailing, yeah. Gentlemen, CD-ROMs. See, everybody's going to the future with, with communication. We're going to take a step backwards. I think that... I think that could be a big marketing thing. People, it's very reminiscent of the past. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's a sight from the future. Hmm. I think there's a lot to that. I'm thinking like a like a holographic CD
1: cover, like where the mustache is down, but then you turn it in light, and it right it flips it up. Flips up, you mm-hmm. know, smile, you know, like yeah. the, the like button.
0: I I just remember those AOL like gold yeah. checkered yeah AOL CDs that we got like every week from every, every week AOL. Um, but yeah, we should get into that. And you should get into a another little subsite called podcast.gentleman.com mm-hmm. where you can view, go and see a picture of Maisie and check out the links from this week's episode and a couple other things, a couple other cool things, only two other cool things, depending on your tolerance for cool things. Right. Uh, some people have a low tolerance for it. They don't like too many cool things. So I would say don't go to Gentleman.com. Don't go to Podcast.Gentleman.com if that's the case. But if you like cool things, Mm -hmm. then you should go there. Um, Okay, Glenn. So, yeah, summary, visit Gentleman.com. Then visit Mm Podcast.Gentleman.com. If you want to take that a step further, you can send us a letter Mm -hmm. to the Gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box four four two three hundred five Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Make sure to use the U.S. Postal Service, the official postal provider of Gentleman.com. Don't, don't use any of the
1: other knockoffs. All right? No. Get the real
0: thing. That's right. They've been around forever. USPS. The USPS. I love I love the USPS. They're, they're a great little organization. Um, and if you need to bypass the USPS, which we do not advise, mm-hmm. but if you want to, if you have to do that, uh, you can always send us an email as well at com or go to Uber and hire us as drivers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can bend our ear for yeah, the duration of your trip. We'll drive you around. You can talk to us about gentleman.com mm-hmm. or whatever's on your mind, whatever ails you. Or if you're local, we'll give you a, a historical tour of
1: the beautiful city of Lawrence.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. So, or even uh, if you're not local. If you show up in Lawrence and you want <laughs> right. a tour, we'll give you a tour. There you go. You can hop in my truck and we'll we'll take a, <laughs> take a ride. I'll drive you around. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn, well, let's, that's enough of that. Let's get into the actual meat of the podcast and that is the drink of the week oh man uh i i picked this out uh i was thinking about tuesday was saint patrick's day yes and uh i was thinking about what beer says paint saint patrick's day um and of course the first one that came to mind was guinness but i was like well i can't just do a guinness draft Mm -hmm. so i went and grabbed something else um which i didn't realize at the time this is the guinness extra stout but i i I think their website said that this was actually the original recipe. I always thought that the draft was the standard go-to one, but they're on their site they mention. I always I, I, unconclusive. I don't I don't know if anyone actually knows what the real <laughs> recipe was because, according to their site, this was the original. I don't know.
1: I I don't know either. All I know is that I've had it before and it is tasty.
0: Yeah. But we've never put it through the paces of the new and improved patent pending. Right. Mts. MTS- I figure System. that I figure that Arthur Guinness would have would have wanted it that way. He would have wanted to know what the what the a- actual score of his beer was. You wouldn't want it resting on his name, which is really too bad because you know in his time the MTS didn't exist. No, so there was no way for him to know how good his beer actually was. How sad is that? It's it's troubling. It's tra- it's tragic. Absolutely tragic.
1: You know, I I've actually read a book about Guinness beer, mm-hmm. and that actually. If you if you are so inclined and want uh, a dive down his, history, mm-hmm. dive down. Dive <laughs> down. <laughs> if you want to dive down history, yeah, that sounded weird. If you want to drive down history lane, there we go. That's better. Well, well done, Brian. Um, uh, actually, I don't remember the name of the book, but there's plenty of books out there about the Guinness and Guinness family and all they've done for Ireland and and yeah. the start of the of the beer itself and just kind of it's just an interesting little. Uh, they had a lot of the, the family had a lot of contributions to to medicine in the area and to health general health
0: yeah um, i yeah I visited the the original Guinness factory site, yeah, which is now a tourist attraction it 's not really a place where they make beer, but um, I just yeah had a great appreciation for the history behind the brewery uh, anything that 's lasted since the 1700s and is still being sold today, I would say is so you're saying their beer is older than our country? Look, you can't you can't predict the future based on the past, Glenn. But so it's hard to say whether whether Guinness is is going to be truly successful in the long run. But That's true. Uh, for now, Glenn, uh, we we can taste these beers and and we can add them to the MTS scale, and we will be able to tell empirically uh, if this is in fact quality beer or not. I, I have a feeling,
1: Brian, this is going to be a great pairing with the dinner that we had. That's true. Earlier in the evening. we We made the trek up to Kansas City and ate at our favorite barbecue joint. Yeah. The Burn-Ins. Get to
0: the Burnins. Um, this should be a good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that's a little bit different about Guinness is I went to their website and unlike some of the, the craft brewers and stuff like that, they don't really tell you much about the beer. They just give you a brief overview of it and say, hey, it's going to speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, so I was unable to. They didn't have any pairings. They didn't have a recipe for it. Um, they didn't have any of that stuff. So yeah, the, the pairing is another Guinness. Beer. The pairing is <laughs> this. This tastes good with everything. Yeah. So eat whatever you want. There you go. Um, okay, Glenn. So the rundown on the the price for this, mm-hmm. I believe, was $8.99. Just
1: a little a skosh higher.
0: Yeah. Uh, it it. The reality of the situation is they they had their Guinness draft, and that's pretty cheap that's like 6.99 for a four yeah i think they're like 14 and a half ounces or something like that yeah not the not the biggest beer in the world but um the that's that's 6.99 this is a little bit pricier because uh i think this is higher alcohol percentage uh oh there's Maisie. (laughs) (laughs) Maisie's back lie down (laughs) no or not (laughs) um but anyway glenn so this is uh so i believe i I believe this was 8.99 Okay. 8.99. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. I think it was 8.99. Okay. But this is going to be very fuzzy MTS because uh, I believe the price was 8.99, but don't quote me on that. And according to random websites on the internet, the IBU's are 40, but we can't verify that because the Guinness site doesn't say for sure. And again, according to other various sources on the internet, there's 6% alcohol by volume in this beer. Right. So this is this is based on my interpretation of the information that I could gather at this time. Well, the price thing
1: too. I mean, Guinness is going to be—it's not just like a local beer. I mean, Guinness is going to be a different price everywhere you are in the country. Yeah, it's true. It's true. um, For us, it's just slightly, just a little touch north of Mm -hmm. average, Mm -hmm. but not much—hardly worth
0: noticing. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's give this a shot and see what's what's what. All right, cheers, Brian.
1: Oh, yeah. Mmm.
0: Dark and syrupy. That is a good stop. Maisie, you want some? Got some beer? She'll drink some beer. Maybe that's what's causing her flatulence. <laughs> it's not... It's not helping anything.
1: No. Uh... Mm. Okay, so the beer at hand. Mm-hmm. Man, this is good. Yeah, I uh, like it
0: a lot, actually.
1: I haven't had it in a while. Yeah. I remember it being, like, kind of darker and... Mm-hmm. Stouter, but this is like smooth and syrupy and kind yeah. of really rich. And, mm.
0: Okay, Glenn. Well, so what are you thinking on the um, MTS scale?
1: <laughs> okay, so like we said, the, the 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 price is kind of a wash. Maybe just a little bit, a little bit of a
0: negative. It's yeah, it's a little bit high, but it is you know imported from Ireland, so right.
1: Well, you got that going Yeah. So. Um, man, I I. Uh, I'm. I've always been a big fan of Guinness. Always, mm-hmm. always, always,
0: always. Yeah, I love Guinness draft. Um, That's
1: good. The extra stout, though, also quite tasty. Ah, man, I, I would. I would give this maybe an eight
0: six. Yeah, I would go a little higher. I'd go eight okay. nine. Okay. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, I, I think it's it's been a long time since I've had this one. Actually, I typically just get the draft. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different because. I just figured the draft is so standard you know everybody's yeah. had that so
1: this is like sweeter than the draft i think it's a little sweeter and a little bit th- thicker
0: yeah I um the name would imply okay glenn well let me um let me type this into the uh, mts computer okay um yeah it's uh, hang on a second it's still just give me okay and then we said it was uh 899 right um, 40 abus mm-hmm um, 6% alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. And it's a stout. And the uh, the markets were up today. Markets were up today. Uh, what about in Japan? The Japan markets uh, solidified. Okay. So I feel like that, yeah, that should be fine. And the
1: barometric pressure is down a little bit here.
0: Right. Yeah. We got we have a little bit of rain in the Midwest. So that will mm-hmm. factor in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Glenn. So, oh, mm-hmm. it's printing out now. Okay. okay. Uh, let me take a look here. Uh, okay. It's actually... Um,
1: Eight
0: point seven five. Eight point seven five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, I, but I again, the MTS never ceases to, uh, yeah. to. Amaze. It's always a surprise what's going to come out of the MTS. Uh, the MTS computer, that is, um, and that. So that. Okay, that's official. So it's at eight point seven five, which is a pretty high rating. Mm-hmm. So I would say that Arthur Guinness can rest easy. Yes, he can. Uh, his Guinness Extra Stout is a successful and good beer. And
1: if, if you're familiar with when we say MTS, that stands for Mustache Twist Scale. Well, everybody knows
0: what the MTS is, I'm right? just saying, if
1: this is their first time listening, this is and they've
0: never had beer before. Yeah, or maybe they're, you know, in Nova Scotia or something like that. Or like, you know, they've never heard of beer before. But look, the MTS have, has taken they, over the world. They don't have beer so. in Nova Scotia? Well, maybe they, maybe the MTS is just making its rounds out okay, there. Okay, okay. Um, okay, Glenn, well, let's check out what beersnob.com had to say about it. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Beer Snob, uh, the, according to their scale, is an 84. Um, according to the Bros, which we don't understand exactly what that means, Yes. Uh, it's an 88. So very close to the MTS. Um, so that's good for them. That's good. I, th- I think that'll help their site gain some legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they don't start claiming the MTS as their scale, because we have a patent on, pending on said scale. Well, it's pending. It's it's enforceable because it's it's we got the we got got the application in.
1: Is that how that works? That when they say patent pending, yeah,
0: It's like could, don't tread on me. We right, got, we we could sue. Yeah, this yes. is serious business. So our lawyers advised us that as soon as we put the application in for the mm. uh, the patent on the MTS, that see. we're we're good to go. Okay, we're in good shape. I think we could. We've been talking about it on the podcast for a long time. Uh, we could prove that we we do, add an, in fact, on the patent on that. So it is our brainchild. It's true. It's true. When we when you spend so much effort trying to create something like mm-hmm. that, you know, you really want to protect it. So yeah, it's true. Um. All right, Glenn. Well, that's all right. Let's. Uh, so so good job, Arthur Guinness. Mm-hmm. You created a solid beer. The MTS agrees with you. You have done well. In summary. In, su- in summary, okay, Glenn. Let's move on to the machine posts from Gentlemen dot com in the last week or so.
1: All right. Uh, Starting up (laughs) Leading off Leading off Is uh, Our good friend Electro Vista Added this tack And It was early in the week And this is Pretty fantastic This genius And this titled This genius built a bar In an igloo And made the endless Winter awesome And if you pop on over To someecards.com They have a little blog I'm guessing This is a blog called Happy Place well, they feature some happy things. <laughs> anyway, just yeah. a side blog from the from the company. Anyway, the title is is it does what it says on the tin. This lawyer from, well he's also a uh a sculptor and excuse me, a snow sculptor and attorney who lives in Northampton, Massachusetts, um named Dave Rothstein. He built an igloo, a huge igloo, no less. In the snow. And then he also opened it up. Once he built the igloo, he stocked it full of liquor, made some, some glasses and shot glasses out of ice, mm-hmm. and opened his igloo up as a neighborhood speakeasy for his neighborhood. That's nice. Which has been seen upwards of 70 people an evening. Wow. Uh, oh, bad. oh, and here's the twist, Brian. So he's got an igloo that's a speakeasy. Right. Okay. He serves drinks in a polar bear suit. Yeah. This is.
0: I want to be this guy. Now, I, aside from the lawyering, this this makes me <laughs> this makes me uh, curious about our local bars, Glenn. No Th- kidding. This guy's an amateur. He's not even like doing this for money. He's just nope. doing it for fun. And he's already upstaged like every bar in Lawrence by first of all having uh, shot glasses made out of ice. Right. I mean, that's a pretty good effort. Building an igloo, uh, giving free. Free shots of hard alcohol. Right. And then on top of that, he dresses like a polar bear to, sh- to serve you said drinks.
1: It's it's pretty great. And the other thing, you know, there's a little video accompanying this tack. Um, Which is really weird because it's basically like, oh, this is my little bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, <laughs> end of, end of you walk through it with the polar bear <laughs> yeah. and there's somebody taping him. Um, but it's interesting because he talks about how, you know, he'll... He doesn't even. He won't even be there. He has like these disco. This disco ball inside, and (laughs) the lights are running. And he says he'll he'll show up. You know, he'll be. He'll come home from work or whatever, and it's going. And it's like I don't know who's in there. A neighbor? I don't know. But all I know is that like bottles will be empty, and other ones will be people will replace them. All this kind of stuff. So it's just kind of become this uh, this interesting little thing that he's got in his backyard. Are there
0: igloo codes that he has to abide by? I assume not. So maybe he's able to sidestep a lot of the. Local law enforcement. That's by doing true. Things. Is it an
1: establishment?
0: Yeah. I mean, no. It's just a big pile of snow in my backyard. Yep. Uh, it happens to be hollow. Don't you like? Isn't there some in Greenland or something like that? Isn't there a actual official bar that's made out of ice? Isn't there some kind of like thing I don't know. about that? I think there's some some place. It's either like Greenland or I don't know some other country. well beside. Greenland's icy and ice I, exactly. Is, yeah. Yeah. So green. I that's what I'm saying is it could uh, be Greenland. I don't know. There's some. There's some kind of bar that's actually made completely of ice somewhere. I can't remember what it is, but um, anyway, yeah, Glenn, it's a great idea, and uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that he did it all for free for fun. You know, he, yeah, he doesn't like. I guess he could, he probably couldn't charge stuff because then he'd probably get in a lot of trouble for opening a bar or operating a bar and not having a license. But
1: also, there's got to be some crime for dressing up like a polar bear yeah. like that.
0: It's a little weird. It is but a little disconcerting. I, I, you know what? I would do it too if I could. Yeah, I mean, this man's a hero. They, so. they, yeah, they they make out the point in the in in the article to make sure to call him a hero, which I agree with. It's a, it's a it's a, it's a point well taken. Bro. I would say that if somebody in my neighborhood started up blue bar, I would call them a hero as well, <laughs> and I would be there right now probably. We'd probably be doing the yeah, podcast we'd be, from there
1: live from uh, yeah. the Sammy's Igloo neighborhood speakeasy igloo. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, Glenn. That's a good story. Um, well, speaking of bears, speaking of bears, next tack is is uh, added by, and I don't think this this member has been featured before in the podcast. It's either Haman or Hamman. Ham- I'm going to go with Hamman because <laughs> that sounds better. Okay, it's like yeah, a, Hamman seems warm. Hamman. All right, so the Hamman, Mister Hamman. <laughs> Bring me a hoagie. All right, has added attack, and this is this is a video, Brian. This is yeah. um, we don't normally feature videos on the podcast because it right. doesn't translate well, right. to the ear. Yeah, but um, this one takes exception to that rule because it's titled the back attack pack, bear spray backpack attachment, can protect you from behind. And so this is another one of those titles that doesn't really. If the title were different, I think it would it would be a lot more effective. Mm. Lots mm-hmm. of weird things going on in the title. It's an HD blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. stuff that's not really important. But if you click through, well, first of all, the image um, <laughs> is uh, it looks like a guy has Maisie's problem it's, on his backpack. It, it's it, it looks the, like he's like a skunk or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and a man is wearing a backpack. And he's facing one direction, and the backpack is spraying fumes. It's like crop dusting for twenty feet or something. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and then there's like a faint image of two little bears running away.
1: (laughs) But anyway, you you watch the video, and it's uh, first you think it's a spoof,
0: right? right? It it does look like a joke, sort of.
1: But but you can buy this. This is a thing, and I think it's a thing, right? It
0: does a really good job. No, it is. Yeah, pretending to be one.
1: Um, but it's the back, the back attack pack mm-hmm. and basically the founder, um, if you go over to the website for the back attack pack was, uh, attacked by a grizzly bear and, uh, another person with pepper spray sprayed the bear and saved his life. And, uh, I think this is this guy's attempt
0: at trying to recreate that except with skunk like effect. Um, in the video, the only thing that that struck me about it is the fact that you have to turn your back to the bear to. Seems uh, like a bad idea. Uh, to do this, I feel like I would I would be like trying to do that, but not be able to quite get turned around or something, and the bear would be like, "Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing here?" And then like spit <laughs> me around. Hey, like, you could to skunk me? Yeah. All um, right. But the other thing is, Glenn, if I ever come face to face with the bear, um. I would want one of these. I would want a big gun. I would yeah. want a ice pick. I would want anything I could possibly get my hands <laughs> ice on. Pick. Whatever, man. Whatever. Whatever it would take, man. Bears are frightening creatures if you upset them. Uh, or just in general, if you come across them uh walking, if you see them from far away, they're they're, they're just a uh, it's a it's a big powerful creature. I I think uh I
1: don't know how long ago this was, maybe half a year ago, we featured a attack that was a video of a guy in a tree stand. I don't know. You remember this? A guy mm-hmm. in a tree stand? <clears throat> so this guy starts videotaping a bear that has gotten to the base of his tree, the tree that his tree stand is in, and starts crawling up. Yeah. And literally, the bear crawls up right next to the guy's face, like, I don't know, a foot away? Yeah. Two feet? Mm-hmm. And then sees him, and then just starts backing down the tree. Like, it is the freakiest thing. Anyway... Bears freak me out. Yeah, bears are huge, and you basically have no chance. Wait, is it grizzly? Grizzlies are the worst, aren't they? Isn't that there's black bear bears, and there's brown bear. This is my ignorance in bears, but I just know they all doesn't matter, Glenn. Yeah, I will say this though. You said you didn't want something that you know you had to turn your back on the bear to shoot at. Yeah, I wonder. I, I at first I thought that, but then I was thinking, you know what? If I see a bear, I'm running.
0: Yeah, right. So you want your back to the bear. Well, but you're not supposed to run, I don't think, because bears can chase you and okay hunt one you down. Of,
1: one of them you can run. No, wait, maybe that's climb trees. Uh. I,
0: as far as I understand it, you're just supposed to play like putty, just like lay down, and go just, boneless. Yeah, just basically <laughs> pretend like you're no threat and lay down. That I, I don't know. That's that's how I understand it. I could be wrong about that, but. Um, I think the, the instinct to try to fight it in some way, unless you have the back attack pack, uh, would be foolish.
1: Well, you're hosed. Yeah. You're
0: hosed either way. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to know when you're beat, (laughs) (laughs) you know, people say never quit, Mm -hmm. but I got to say, um, if I'm face to face from a grizzly bear, I'm going to fold. Yeah. I'm just going to fold. I'm just going to call. I'm going to say, look, okay. Okay. I'm just. That's it. I'm not. I'm not going to put up a fight. I'm not going to try to go round for round with a grizzly. What if you managed
1: to kick it in the coconuts? I think you'd have a chance. Uh, yeah, or you. Or isn't would... the nose? Isn't the nose real sensitive?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. Yeah, that would be frightening. Uh, that would be. Uh, let's let's hope neither of us ever have to be in that. It, that situation and if we are that we have a back attack pack yes packed i agree for that scenario okay glenn now let's talk about this uh this attack by uh ben espin mm. um well known to the gentleman community for posting really good stuff stalwart glenn this this is an interesting post uh this is something i've always thought about mm-hmm You know, this is something I think everybody's. It's like an urban legend that everybody's Mm -hmm. joked around about at some point in time. And this is a story called "Dad Can't Afford Plane Ticket," mails himself to Australia. (laughs) Um, We
1: need a a separate section of the site dedicated to Australian things. It seems like we feature Australian people and stories. A lot of stories. A lot of stories out
0: there, kind of things, Um, for good reason. They're crazy. So this guy, he wants. He's apparently he's a javelin thrower uh, in the Olympics. Is he trying yeah, to be? A, he a was Le- a world champion. World champion in javelin. So, but the thing with javelin throwing, which is surprising to me, is that there's no money in it. Yeah, this is in the mid '60s. Yeah. So the sport was. I, I, I just thought you know they'd have all kinds of endorsement deals right. and the shoe contracts and Shoot. all that stuff you know. <laughs> Uh, but it turns out there's not really any money in it. So anyway, he said he was stuck. He was doing a competition in, in the UK. Mm. And his daughter was just born, and he wanted to make it back home. And apparently he was having drinks with a buddy of his who happened to work at an airline. And, of course, the the logical thoughts turned to, well, why don't you just ship you to Australia, and then you won't have to pay for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much flights were to Australia back then, but I guess they they were probably pretty expensive from the UK. To, I mean, the flights back in the day were pretty expensive. They're,
1: yeah, they are definitely more They expensive. must have been, because
0: otherwise this guy wouldn't have tried this.
1: He didn't fly Southwest.
0: No. Um, but so what he did was he, he, him and his buddy built this crate, found a way to get in it, put some supplies in there, you know, some food, uh, some empty cans, some water. And uh, hopped in there and had his buddy drive him to the airport and drop him off at Heathrow to get him put on a plane. It's this, it's this crazy story because it's not like you think, okay, well, they're just going to put him in the cargo area and he's going to go straight to Australia. And then it turned out that uh, there was a fog thing and so there were no flights out for 24 hours. He was stuck in the crate for 24 hours just sitting in London. And then after that, he finally got shipped to, I think it was like Paris and then India someplace else and then he finally made it over to Australia uh, and then I apparently when he made it over to Australia after all this time he basically just cut a hole in the crate and got out and hitchhiked to Perth where he met up with his family oh, oh Perth to Adelaide he hitchhiked from Perth to Adelaide sorry right Yeah, it, which is not a short journey by no. the way no well he uh, there's so many things going on with this story first of all world
1: champion javelin third right. mid 60s his buddy who worked at the airline, you know, knew all the exact specifications of what it would take to get him there. Right. He knew the exact maximum width of a cargo container,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but some things definitely didn't go to plan. No. Um, talks about how he was tumbled upside. He was like a, on a somewhere upside
0: down for a long time. He, I don't know how he didn't get, I'd be worried. I mean, you're doing something, they don't know there's a human being in there. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen and what, yeah. you know. They could have uh, just airdropped him somewhere, you right. know, like, yeah. Uh, when they said he got stuck upside down, he was in like a warehouse for a day, you know, I, anything could oh, happen. And he got out of the box
1: because he happened to have a tool in his box to... To get out of there. ...bore himself up. The, 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 the takeaway of this, Brian, is that... Well, there's two things. One, he got back to see his daughter. hmm Right? Eventually. I don't think it was on a birth... or Well, she was just born.
0: She had just been born. Right. Yeah.
1: So there's that. And then the other thing is that uh, Australians are crazy. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the main takeaway.
0: I would say fearless.
1: Yeah, I don't mean crazy like, like red rum crazy. I mean like
0: yeah. crazy. they they'll try it. They'll try anything. They're they're lunatics. They're they're nutso. Look, I don't want to paint with such a broad <laughs> brush, Glenn. I prefer to think of them as uh Trailblazing. Trailblazing, yeah. Trailblazers. Yeah,
1: there we go. Mm-hmm.
0: And this guy trailblazed for everyone that wanted to ship themselves from, I would ship myself to Australia if I could, if I thought I could get away with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be,
0: yeah. Actually, it'd be pretty uncomfortable. The flight to Australia is like 14 hours.
1: And they serve
0: serve you free beers on the plane. Right. So I'd probably just go ahead and pay the 1500 bucks to get over there, but. Or we build you a crate and toss a six pack in there. Well, that's true. I guess I could just load up with some with some Guinness Extra Stout and get in a crate, and then I'll be there in 15 hours. No problem. So maybe we should look into this. Yeah, okay. Maybe Gentleman, uh, gentleman Vacation. We could pack ourselves in crates and throw ourselves on an Australian <laughs> Worst
1: vacation every, ever. No.
0: Well, and only until we get there. Okay. Well. All right, Glenn. Well, we should look into that. We should look into the logistics. We just need an airport <laughs> expert. Um... To pull that off,
1: okay. I'm sure. I'm sure there's someone in the gentleman community that can help us. Yeah, possibly. Okay, Glenn. The mm. last attack Brian. Uh, do you want you? Yeah. Okay, go for it. The last attack Brian. is added by none other than our buddy Razorback.
0: Razorback, a cornerstone. He's like the Abraham Lincoln of the gentleman community. Yes. Uh Abraham Lincoln as a lawyer, or Abraham Lincoln as a president, everything. Okay. You know. Okay. Cuz he kind of failed as kind of failed American hero. Okay. Yes. Uh legend. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I if you watch the movie Iconic figure. If you watch the movie Lincoln,
1: he yeah.
0: always had the right anecdote for every situation, he just did. like Razorback. Just like Daniel Day-Lewis would. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I don't know if that's related at all. You know, maybe someday Daniel Day Lewis will play Razorback in the Gentleman movie. In <laughs> the Gentleman movie. Yeah. That'd be great. That would be great. I think that that would be a good role for Daniel Day Lewis. I, I would agree. Well, he would have to move to Arkansas and like live as Razorback for several Because, you know, Daniel Day Lewis is a oh, famous method, method actor, actor. Yeah. Right. So he'd have to post stuff to mm-hmm. Gentleman.com daily. Yeah. He'd have to find awesome stuff to post to Gentleman.com. It would be, yeah, I think it would be a good character study for him.
1: Well, I, I agree. I still think
0: Dana Day-Lewis' best role was
1: in uh, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men? No. Well, they, what's the other one? <laughs> Dead gummit. The other movie? There was uh, two that came out of the same time. No Country for Old Men. Uh, no. Uh, b- blood. B- oh, uh, yeah. B- <laughs> uh, blood. No, blood Blood, blood, blood dirt. Blood. blood diamond. No. Blood. blood. There will be blood. There will be blood. Good job. Yes. There will be blood. Where he the, the the iconic yeah I drink your milkshake yeah yeah oh man that 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 did it
0: for me but, I, I love that movie it's a good one.
1: but anyway uh, Daniel did, I'm sorry Razorback <laughs> uh, posted a tech titled the newest place on earth and it's from the Atlantic um, the
0: <laughs> not the ocean not, right that I can see yeah. that like
1: can be confusing uh, the the publication the Atlantic has published this article about the newest place on earth and it's basically a new island that is formed. In uh the South Pacific after a um a volcanic eruption last year, and it's about a mile wide and it, um it's it was formed by the undersea volcano Honga Tonga Honga Ha volcano. Oh yeah. Volcano. You know. Well we hear about that one. Um scientists have said it's just basically small pieces of rock one on top of each other. It looks like a legit island though. I it, mean, yeah, it does. Um, but it has its, you know, it's, this new island comes complete with uh, Sulfur pools. Um, mm. So, anyway. So, how
0: much is it, Glenn? That's, how, that's what I. What, what's the asking price for this? I
1: don't think it's been appraised yet. I don't mm. think
0: that. Still think in the process. Uh, I'm sure Richard Branson will buy it. Well, it's um, right in the uh, Ring of Fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> Richard Branson probably would buy that. <laughs> this is a good challenge for him. There would be, um, yeah. So no, this is I, I didn't know that islands were still being created by volcanoes, but apparently this is this is created by the same uh, same what, what is it like chain of volcanoes? that yeah. is famous for the Krakatoa explosion, which is supposedly the loudest sound ever heard on Earth. Yeah, um, so it's just like a powerful. They were just saying that it not only can it create uh, new islands, it can destroy them as well so uh probably wouldn't want to set up shop anytime there uh anytime soon scientists urge
1: uh people not to visit the new island uh because of that very fact it's still unstable it's it's a baby right
0: right? or there's secret mines of gold there that they want to keep for themselves yeah
1: lava gold Mm -hmm. yep
0: yeah anyway okay glenn well that's good that's good to know Mm. I'll put that on my Zillow uh, list to watch. For yeah. Pricing. Price. <laughs> um, some daily updates. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the uh, Gentleman Toast of the Week, Glenn. Mm. Uh, I just uh, came back from New York City. Mm. I uh, took a little vacation up to New York. Uh, my favorite city to visit. Um, one of the greatest cities in the world. Probably the greatest city, in my opinion, in the world. And one of the things that we did on Laura's suggestion uh, that... I wouldn't have thought of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know about was the Louis Armstrong uh, museum, mm-hmm. and Laura saw that she's a Louis Armstrong fan, and who so is thought, it? Uh, we should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, but I, I didn't know too much about him. That Laura's a, Laura's a fan of his, a bunch of his music and him himself, and so she wanted to go to check out this museum, and so we we I thought, yeah, it sounded cool. So anyway, we we went over there. So it's over in Queens, and. Uh, the, I didn't know very much about the guy but uh, he was an incredibly humble and amazing guy uh, he lived in the same house from the time I think it was in the 40's his wife bought this little house in Queens in this neighborhood called Corona which is you know it, was, it wasn't a it wasn't a high end New York fancy neighborhood in any way it was a working class New York neighborhood back in the 40's hmm. and uh, she bought this little house there for them when they got married and I think at the time the tour guide was saying that he was making the equivalent of five hundred thousand dollars a year, Whoa. which is a lot of money back then.
1: Wait, today's standards of five hundred thousand? No, 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 no. Five hundred thousand
0: dollars in the thirties or the forties, oh, wow. I think, or something like that. I think he said the so. 30s. Millions, basically. Yeah, exactly. He was he was like one of the top stars at the time, you know. And yeah. So he was, and he was making a lot of money, and he could have afforded any house, basically. But it was it was a great. Thing because they they got this little house and the idea was well we'll start here and then we'll we'll go get you a house that's you know up to your standards of mm-hmm. international superstar mm-hmm. and uh, the story was that him and his wife went to go look for fancy new uh, New York Midtown luxury mm-hmm. uh, digs and they looked at a couple places and then Louis Armstrong said I'm tired can we just go home now. <laughs> and that was he wanted to go home, and that was the end of it. And his home was in this working class neighborhood in Queens, huh. and that's where he stayed for the rest of his life. And they and it, so it's a great little house. Uh, Lou Armstrong, you know, always had kids over in the neighborhood, and he was Uncle Satchmo to him. And, yeah, you know, uh, so it was it was just a really cool thing to see his house, how he lived. He's a very humble guy, even though he's a superstar. Uh, And they had a lot of great personal audio recordings from him where he was talking to his buddies about things or this and that. And one of my favorite parts of the tour was they took him, uh, they took us upstairs into his, his den, which was a converted bedroom in the top of this place. And it was just a little room and wood paneling on it. But they played a recording where he was talking to one of his buddies and he was so happy about it. He was like, he's like, you're not going to believe this. He's like, "Uh, my wife made me this den where I have a desk. And I can go sit, and I can, like, listen to my music, and it's this room in my house that's, like, all mine, and (laughs) I could just sit there and do that, and he's like, I don't ask for much, and (laughs) she gave me this den, it's like the most, and he sounds so happy about having this one little thing, and he's like, here he is, this, like, international superstar, he's got millions of dollars, he could do whatever he wants to, uh, but he loves his house, and he's so ecstatic about having his own little room in his house. Huh. Uh so it just shows you that what kind of a person he was and he you know, he just he kinda came from nothing and never forgot that and sounded like a really honest, genuine, very happy and and, and good person that really cared about people. And uh that's rare quality in superstars these days, you know, so or superstars at any time I guess. Right. In any in any era. Uh so so anyway, I, I was really impressed by it, like I said, I didn't know too much about Louis Armstrong before I went on the tour and to see his house in person, uh, was was pretty incredible. So. You know, he uh
1: the thing I love about Louis Armstrong, uh, is that not only is he an incredibly accomplished trumpet player, mm-hmm. but he also he also sings. Like he yeah. also performed with like mm-hmm. like there's a there's a record was it, Ella Fitzgerald and is Elvis and, and Louis Armstrong do "Baby It's Cold Outside"? Like they have a rendition of it.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. But he
1: also has a song, you know, "What a Wonderful World." Mm-hmm. And uh, it, there's something about his voice that when you hear it, it just it makes me smile. Like mm-hmm. it just sounds so happy yeah. and like yeah, carefree and light. I just yeah. love I love his voice.
0: It's, yeah. it's just awesome mm-hmm. and it's so unique. I don't know. They had a lot of his home recordings, and that that was definitely reflected in mm-hmm. his day to day life. Yeah, I was telling Glenn earlier that one of his habits was that he'd go around with a real, real tape. Yeah. And if he had friends over or talking to his wife or arguing with his wife, (laughs) he would just make... He would have a recording of it? Yeah, he said (laughs) that they would have... uh, The tour guide said they had a recording of uh, a marital dispute over uh, fun times.
1: Oh. Uh, The interesting
0: yeah so uh so yeah he would just record random things like just whatever just to um it was almost like a journal for him i think he wanted to kind of record what was going on and uh it was it was just something he did that's so, pretty
1: it's i want did, she, did they ever argue about the fact that he was always
0: recording i think she just accepted him for what he was doing at that point you <laughs> know? i don't know but um but anyway glenn yeah it's it's a long way of saying that i I think uh you know from what I could tell that it was it seemed like a really cool guy a very an extremely i mean I'm really underplaying <clears throat> I'm talking about how humble he is and he's a superstar uh incredibly influential to all kinds of music, yeah, not just jazz and you know they they were saying that basically he either invented or or popularized. Scat singing, yeah, uh, yeah, all kinds of styles of jazz that that influenced later jazz and influenced rock and roll, and you know, go on down the line. So he's been incredibly influential, and at the same time, retain that humility that is pretty rare for somebody of his stature. So, hmm.
1: well, that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that about Louis Armstrong. I'm, I'm glad you got to have a tour.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was one of those random things that you know I wouldn't have done on my own, but thanks to Laura, she she was she said it oh, would be pretty good and so we went and checked it out but so if anybody yeah if anybody's in new york you can you can look up the louis armstrong museum it's in his his former house uh he passed away there he lived there for 30 years it's still kept in the same condition uh decoration furniture is exactly the same as it was when he was there so you get to see exactly how he lived a day day-to-day life that he had so it's kind of hmm. cool kind of a cool little little trip to take um, so I highly recommend it if you're in the New York area. But anyway, cheers to Louis Armstrong. Cheers. Okay, Glenn, um, it's time for the uh, questions from the gentleman mailbag. It is. Um, this week, Glenn, we, we were uh, we we're doing. Glenn and I are just like everybody else in America right now. Right. Um, I've been gone from work uh, for the last four days. And uh I got back and my top priority, um over, over my lunch break of course, mm-hmm. the first thing that I thought of that I needed to do was fill out my NCAA basketball bracket. Mm. Uh top priority. Right. And I spent an inordinate amount of time looking through scores, pundit reviews, uh line or you know, schedules, results, conference opponents. Uh, ranked team results, all this information to arrive at my my final four bracket. So the question is what who's in your final four?
1: Well Brian, I will answer that, but first I would like to say how I came at that conclusion. Um, I probably took maybe the most um opposite route of Brian possible. I typically take around five minutes tops filling out a bracket. It's not because I don't care. It's not because I don't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, I don't. I don't put a lot of research into it, mm-hmm. but I go with my gut, mm-hmm. right? And I also go with the fact that I know that most of the time, the higher seed wins, mm-hmm. except when it doesn't. Right. So, right. I always pick. I have a, I have a method. Okay. Okay, here's my method. Mm. This is a little, little secret. No number one seed has ever been knocked out first round. So, I'm automatically, boom, 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 boom. Well, that would have helped me. Four, there you go, Brian. Okay, four right out of the gate, and I usually do that for the number two seeds as well. The first round. Mm-hmm. After that, it gets a little hairier. Mm-hmm. But I don't spend a whole lot of time. I just go with the gut. Right, go with okay. the gut all mm-hmm. the way through. And here is what my gut told me this year. In the final four, I have mm-hmm. in the Midwest, Notre Dame, and I have this. This this hurt me because as a true Homer, KU basketball fan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I. You know, I I have another bracket where it's just my homer bracket where KU okay, wins the championship. Okay? Of course, uh, don't don't say that with the stain, Brian. I it, you know is that on is that in a different pool or is it? it it's my. Own. I I I don't use it. Go ahead, go ahead. go ahead, Brian. Look, all right, whatever. I've tasted that championship. Only thing you want is to go back. All right, mm-hmm. all right. So in the Midwest we have Notre Dame. In the East, we have. Villanova. In the west, we have Wisconsin. And in the south, we have Duke. So pretty predictable. All one seeds.
0: They're all one seeds, Except
1: huh? for Notre Dame.
0: Notre okay, Dame, is, Notre a Dame three seed? is the one. Three seed? Yeah, I think they yeah, are. Yeah, three seed. Okay.
1: So that's my dark horse, Notre Dame. I see. Um, I didn't go, I didn't take a lot of risks this time. <sighs> I take my risks early, but I go with the chocolate.
0: The bracket is so hard to do. Nah, it's easy. No, I mean... Uh, I just I've been thinking about all my brackets past, uh, and it there's always there's always a game the first day, yep that gets me always the first day. It's always I there's a team that I have going to the final four, and, it's a three or four seed and, and and gets eliminated. Yep, and then I'm like, well, and then the and then by the next day of the tournament, yep. half my brackets gone. Yep, and it's impossible to know. Which team's gonna upset who? You know, but you know the upset's gonna happen. But then you start second, like you start looking at these, and you're like, okay, well, where's the upset at? And then you're like making, you know, these weird picks to try to find this elusive upset that's gonna break everything down, or maybe mm-hmm. win you the, the the pool. You know, that's right. You pick right. It's Madness. Um, and, so, and some in and some years it's really weird. Like some years, I remember. I think I did a bracket a couple of years ago, and I was like, "All right, well, there's always so much ups so many upsets. But I want to pick some upsets here." So I, mm-hmm. you know, just started picking some upsets, and then it was like the year where every every seed that should have won won, you know, for the first <laughs> was two it rounds. Two thousand all number one I, seeds I I don't don't in the I don't know. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was something like that. Anyway, Glenn, I don't know. Okay, so my method's very similar. Today, I rolled through. I was like, one seed in. Okay, mm-hmm. first round mm-hmm. done. Uh, second, a uh, second seed. Again, exactly the same thing. Um, (coughs) I might have had most of the three seeds advance. But then when I got to four, four seed, I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to start Mm. looking at stuff. And I was looking at lines between the two and all this stuff. Um, You know, I don't have my bracket in front of me, but I think I could probably say that my final four is Kentucky in the Midwest. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh and I know that that's an unpopular pick. Very original, Brian. V- I, no, I I know no one else out there is picking Kentucky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. But I I think they're a good team. I think they have a chance. Um In the West, I have North Carolina. Okay. Now, that's a dark horse. It is a dark horse, but they've been coming on strong. Okay, they've had they they're they're starting to get things figured out. They got the talent, they got Roy, one of the best coaches in the game. Oh. Uh and, uh, yeah, I I think that was one of those picks where I kept looking at the matchups and I was like, I don't know, I just can't, I got to pick, you can't have four one seeds in the final four, you know, so where is it going to come from? Mm. And I just feel like the Pac-12 is maybe a little bit of a suspect conference because if you look at from top to bottom, you got Arizona, an Oregon, a Utah, those are the top teams in the in the Pac-12. So I, I I don't know. They they've had an interesting conference slate. So I'm I'm wondering if an ACC team gets up against a Pac-12 team, what we'll see will shake out. I'm thinking North Carolina versus Arizona could happen there, and I think North Carolina can pull that off. So North Carolina um, in the what's the up the South? Up oh, uh, we have the uh, East. In the East bracket, I've got uh, let's see who do I – do I have. You have Virginia, Oklahoma. I think I have Villanova actually. Okay, uh, in the Final Four, um, and I don't know too much about Villanova over the, other than you know they have a great record. Um, they've beaten some tough teams this year. They they hardly ever lose. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty solid resume to get to get get all, get to the Final Four, and then of course I got Duke. Of course, so that's my Final Four, Glenn.
1: Brian, I'm I'm gonna go back to Kentucky here.
0: Yeah, you'll Not notice Wildcats.
1: You. <laughs> You'll notice that I did not have them in the Final Four. That's right. Now, I'm not going to say they may make it to the Final Four, mm-hmm. but I'm putting my foot down right now. I will eat crow if Kentucky wins the national championship. They're going to lose. I'm calling it now. You heard it here. I,
0: I think it's 50-50. I'll take those odds. I, I think it's 50-50. I think people are... It's too, it's too much of a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. March Madness tournament. It's too crazy. There's too many different weird matchups that happen. Um, I just don't see Kentucky cruising on to uh, a win. I, I would like. I would like to see Kentucky play somebody like Villanova or Duke and just kind of see what happens. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, man.
1: You get you get a team outside of their you know warm cocoon of Rupp Arena, mm-hmm. or even you know. Kind of somewhere close, if the because the thing is in the in the big dance, everybody roots for the underdog. So they're going to be rooting against. Everybody is going to be rooting against Kentucky.
0: Yeah, but you got to think of the the further along that Kentucky uh, gets, the more and more Kentucky fans are going to be at each one of those games. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I I get that, but I still think that. Uh, I don't this is know. this is a fan base that is compared to Alabama football fan base. I mean uh Please. there was an anecdote today that I heard that when that Bear Bryant was at Kentucky at the same time as Adolf Rupp, and in the same year, Bear Bryant won a championship in Kentucky in football and Rupp won a championship in basketball mm-hmm. and they gave Rupp a Cadillac and Bear Bryant a cigarette lighter. <laughs> <laughs> that's how important kentucky basketball is to that school so
1: well in the 50s yeah in the 60s i'm pretty sure they give nick saban a cigarette lighter and a few
0: million dollars that's alabama but i'm talking about yeah well yeah exactly right but i'm talking but we're talking oh, about kentucky
1: right Wait, so bear bryant was a coach at kentucky mm-hmm. huh
0: but he left i didn't know that yeah because he left uh he left because of the lack of enthusiasm for football at kentucky then he went to Bama, I'm, Roll Tide. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm digging a big leap about why the guy left the university, but you could you could tell from that kind of uh, thing that he was second fiddle to the basketball team.
1: Look, I think this guy needs to go to the school of Louis Armstrong. Be happy for that cigarette lighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go back to his nice little tiny house.
0: Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay, so, so some conversations. So yeah, we we'll see about Kentucky. I, I feel like. I too feel like there's a little bit too much pressure on these guys to be able to get all the way undefeated. I mean, you got to think with each mm-hmm. each win the, the you know towards the end of the season, the pressure's on them and on them and on them. Right. Uh, but and, they, you know they made it this far. They made it all the way through their tournament. They are still rolling.
1: Well, and the other thing too is that now that the the regular season's out of the way, any team that faces them now has got nothing to lose. Yeah, they're just gonna do. They're going to pull out all the. I mean, every game in the NCAA tournament's like that anyway. But uh-huh. this magnifies it. I mean, if you go in knowing that you got a snowball's chance,
0: mm-hmm. you're just gonna. Yeah,
1: I'm telling you, some team's going to get hot. Kentucky, right. or it may be an issue where you know, Kentucky plays a physical style defense. Uh-huh. Uh, they may get called close. The ref, some ref may call the game close. Yeah, yeah. that would be that'd be an issue mm-hmm. too. Some team gets hot from the outside. Where they can't swat your swat the uh, shots. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah.
1: Now is Kentucky the smart choice? Absolutely. I think Vegas
0: has it like eighty percent. I I would I would put my money on several other teams. Yeah, spread it out. Yeah, spread it out <coughs> against Kentucky because that that's got to be the way to go because I don't know I, I feel like there's. Hmm.
1: Well, Brian, what what better um, what better team to root for than your than a, a team right here in your state,
0: mm-hmm. good state of Kansas, mm-hmm.
1: University of Kansas Jayhawks.
0: Look, Lynn, I'm a tried and true Kentucky fan. Okay, mm-hmm. I've followed them ever since they won the national championship in 2012. Oh wow! So long time. Okay, um, and I started following them that year when they were in the NCAA tournament. Okay. So I I'm a long time
1: follower. Like and i
0: four I've, years. And I've driven through the state. Wow. So I'm, I'm And you like you know, bourbon a lot. I do. Yeah. So yeah. I I'm I'm a huge Kentucky fan. And so um so yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I wanna play, I wanna play devil's advocate and be impartial here. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, I, I I I think that there's a good chance they could win. I think that it could be anybody else. <laughs> well, it's gonna be one of the two <laughs> Either yes. Kentucky's going to lose, yes. <laughs> or they're going to win the whole thing. There you go. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, we'll see. I I think that I think that there's too much. I think everybody's it's like a foregone conclusion. And whenever that happens in sports, especially in like basketball, mm-hmm. things start to get a little weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It would be interesting to see who can pull off the the upset if somebody does.
1: It will be. That, I think that's that's an amazing storyline that's going on this year. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the beauty of March Madness, and that's why it's
0: so popular, is that you have. I'm just excited about seeing the who the Cinderellas are this exactly, year. Exactly
1: the storylines, you know, yeah. like
0: mm-hmm. who's the play-in team that's going to make it to the Elite Eight.
1: Right. Who's the VCU? Who's the? Yeah.
0: It might be VCU. Yeah. Well,
1: they're actually in the field. They're now have to do a play-in, but yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting little uh, little little matchups and weird things right now. For example, my Kansas Jayhawks, were they to win the first game and go to the next round, they would potentially match up with our in-state rival who we don't play, Wichita state. Mm-hmm. And there's history with why we don't play. Yeah. Basically, um well, it doesn't do KU any good recruiting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't make sense for them to play them. But right. I won't get into that, but this is uh this is this is the game. It it, it yeah. What am I trying to say?
0: It's uh, it could be important for the state, right? I mean, it, it's an interesting storyline. It's not just a couple of teams. It's funny because I think the committee even said, "Oh, we don't try to do these weird matchups right. with storylines." No, 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 no. But no. yet, somehow, KU and Wichita State are in the same bracket mm-hmm. and they face each other in the second round. I mean, at, that seems kind of random. I, I feel like, yeah, you know, somebody behind the scenes is like, "Well, let's put KU and Wichita State in the same." you know pod of you know anyway right um, yeah and I, one of the one of the storylines i'm excited about is the Steven F. F Austin Lumberjacks mm-hmm. uh, i love this team uh, coach Brad Underwood's a K-State guy Undies and he uh, he is he has got an incredible record in the Southland conference he's got a i think it's like a 90% overall winning percentage and he's only lost one game in the conference uh two, two, two straight conference and regular season champions. Um, and they're 12 seed going against the 5 Utah, another Pac-12 team. And uh I'm 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 really looking forward to this 5-12 matchup. I'm mm. telling you, if you're looking for a 5-12 to pick, I'm saying Stephen F Austin, man. Impassioned plea. The Lumberjacks. Well, got they're a good team and Undies can coach, man. I'm telling you.
1: You know, there's a good chance that as you're listening to this, the Lumberjacks will be playing it's true it looks like well I can't see right now from the schedule but um yeah
0: I don't know yeah I don't know what the schedule is maybe
1: they've already played in that event I'm I'm pulling congratulations to the Lumberjacks for defeating
0: not only not only not only do I love the Lumberjacks uh, basketball because they're a good team and Coach Brad Underwood but also they have an incredible mascot yeah uh their Lumberjack mascot is amazing mm It's basically a guy with a mullet and a big axe, (laughs) and uh, you know
1: what else do you need? Uh, I think that should give them. It's like it's like a handicap, you know, like in golf. You know, I think they get. I think they deserve like five or seven points. Right? I just think
0: it's just you know, it's like they don't even need. They don't even really need a fancy helmet or anything Mm -hmm. like that for their mascot. They just got a dude with a big axe and a mullet and like a tank top. And he's, you know, he's the lumberjack. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so anyway, uh, lots to love about that uh, Stephen F. Austin team. I'm pulling for him big time. I think they can. I think they can make a little bit of noise. So we'll see.
1: Well, the Big Twelve, our conference, mm-hmm. our two, our two schools that we root for.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, K State didn't make the tournament this year.
1: Well, Brian, I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say the Big Twelve had seven out of seven out of ten ten teams uh, making it. Not K State. I uh, was it going there, Brian. I was just going to say... Just say it, Glenn. Okay, I was just going to say that this is a big year for Big 12. Yeah. Being that... Without case, yeah, That's pretty good. 70% of the teams make it in. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how... Because historically, we've been pretty weak in the, in the, mm-hmm. when we get to the tournament. So.
0: Yeah, that'll be another, another thing that we're going to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I'll typically pull for most uh, Big 12 schools if they're in there. Just because... Yes. Uh, good for the conference... Yeah. Ultimately good for the schools. Yeah. So, Well, there's, al- there's always this sub-storyline of yeah. like the ACC versus the Big 12 oh, versus yeah. the SEC and the Big 10. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that thing during football season where everybody was like, oh, the Big 10 sucks. And then they ended up winning the national championship.
1: With the 3rd tournament quarterback. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so
0: there's it's really too hard to tell until you get towards the end of the season. Because I really think that the season changes so much from Game 1 to Game 25 that these teams where you see them play these teams in the non-conference don't really know how good or bad they are and then they get into their conference and they tend to discount certain conferences not being as good or maybe say to like one conference is a lot better than they are and then you don't mm-hmm. really know and then you get to the tournament and everybody plays everybody and then you really find out what's what the real story is that's right for one the game. real deal so anyway i'm excited about it it'll be fun uh, it starts up but we're gonna be we're gonna be watching and you're actually going to a game on Sunday.
1: If if the start... Well, I will be going to the Sunday matchups in okay. uh, Omaha, which, if the stars align, would be my Kansas Jayhawks and the winner of Wichita State and Indiana. Mm-hmm. So that could be a great game. Also, yeah. in that pod, I think is... Gosh, who else is there? Uh, I want to say... Would it be... Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame would be good. Notre Dame and the winner of Butler and Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting times. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Good. I'm really excited. I've never been to a postseason game.
0: Yeah, I've never, I've never done that either. So yeah, I've I've never gone to uh, a tournament game either. So that'll that'll be a, good, a pretty interesting time, I'm sure. Yeah. Whew. Well, okay, Glenn. Well, by the time by the time this episode plays. First round will have been already decided. That's right. So one of my final four picks has probably already been eliminated. <laughs> Kentucky's probably already lost.
1: Man, that would be that'd be so great. I think it would just be... Here's Here's my dream scenario, okay? All right, now I'm showing my bias a little bit. I would love it... I would love it if Kentucky lost first round, the first ever number one seed to lose to a 16 seed.
0: Not going to happen.
1: Well... Then why are we playing the game, Brian? Who, who it's a foregone playing?
0: conclusion, am I right? Well, they, well, they have to make money, so the TV networks. Oh, so that's why they're playing the game. Look at oh, okay. okay. They, they could just have a buy. I mean, they might as well. Well, they kind of get one with the play-in. I don't know what. Who Who is even playing Kentucky in the first round?
1: Hampton, maybe. I can't remember. I just was it a play-in? Browser. It was a play-in.
0: Okay, so it's either Hampton. It was Man- it was Hampton. So Hampton. Yeah. Hampton beat Manhattan in the play-in. Hampton's playing. That's how crazy it is. I don't even know who Kentucky's playing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just read through it and I was like, it doesn't matter.
1: Hey, my my Hampton um uh
0: Friars, Hampton Aggies are going to be uh, ready for uh, Hampton
1: uh, Friars.
0: Hampton Hampton
1: Inns. They're going to be uh ready to rumble. They they're loose and limber. They've got their jitters out of the way. Kentucky's been sitting.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting all week. Yeah. Kentucky's got an unproven coach. Uh Yeah. I don't know. Okay, Glenn. Well, we've got that all figured out. We did. So those are your inside tips for your final four. And it'll be completely useless because this will (laughs) go out on Friday and uh, no one will...
1: So you can point and laugh at us.
0: Yeah, because uh, our picks are probably probably wrong. Right. Probably all of our final four picks have just lost.
1: And we even did the safe thing. Yeah. For the most part. Nothing safe or safe in the tournament, man. That's what makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. We will be enjoying the games from a lovely lovely local establishment that serves the world's best chicken wings. Yep. I may get two orders throughout the day. Maybe smoke a cigar on the patio. Mhm. Why yes,
0: I believe I will. It's going to be a great uh, it's going to be a great couple days. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a holiday for mm-hmm. sure. One of the best. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be good times. I hope everybody out there gets to Get to watch some of the games. Enjoy the Marsh Madness. Yes. Um, oh,
1: and pay attention to the site because you probably noticed by now already, but there should be some changes.
0: A couple little sprinkles. Sprinkles of here and there. We're gonna be working we're gonna be working on some wings and some gentleman stuff. That's right. So that should be good. We're excited about that.
1: Just kind of our mode of operation. Yeah. Okay, Glenn, well that was episode fifty
0: one. Mm. Fantastic. Five one. We're on the other side of 50. Mm-hmm. It's all downhill from here. Although it never really got very high uphill. Yeah, it's all down slope from here. More like a... Yeah. It's all down gradual incline from it's like here. A, a gradual incline down from a, a sand dune, basically, <laughs> that we've <laughs> peaked at at some point during one episode. Um... Okay, Glenn. Well, yeah, that was episode 51. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned next week. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I think we even put Maisie to sleep.
1: So Yeah, well, once we started talking about the tournament, she just kind of cashed out. Yeah,
0: that's all right. She finally calmed down. Mm-hmm. Stop licking random objects. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the tournament tomorrow. Mm. Looking forward to some changes on com. Looking forward to episode 52.
1: Episode 52. It's got a nice ring to it. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. 52 weeks in a year, 52 episodes in a year of podcasting. Yes. Lots to look forward to, Glenn. Lots to look forward to. Mm. Um, All right. Well, uh, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry. And for Maisie, uh, we wish you a good night and thank you for listening. Woof.